Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today joining me on the show is a guy who's got a brand called Rota. He's a DJ, graphic designer. He's working the DNC this year. He does a lot of different things, and I'm excited to talk to him a little bit about his work in. Uh, marketing and communications, graphic design, music, all that fun stuff. Nick Loss, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I uh, woke up a little drowsy this morning, but you know, it's the season. I did too. It's the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was up very late last night um, hosting a show at Company Brewing last night. Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma, Washington, yeah. Weekday Club. Yeah. Shout out them. Yeah. And Noah was like, Oh yeah, dude, you're like uh, interviewing uh, uh, Nicholas, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. "Yep, I am." I, like, I was like, "Damn!" Yeah. Like, yeah. you seem to you seem to know a lot of people from a lot of different scenes. Uh, yeah, I do uh, a lot of different things in my life. I like I have a lot of different interests, and so those kind of go um, usually cross over different platforms. So I meet a lot of different people from a lot of different scenes. I do a lot of different things, and yeah. I think um, you know my life is all about making those connections totally. with people. Absolutely, um, right. so, yeah. yeah, man. They play and they played a killer show. Uh, it was my first time seeing them as a six piece, and they were just super fucking good. Yeah, every time. Oh yeah, um, but High yeah, energy. Yeah, every time. Yeah, and they're just, they're, they're their own thing, yeah. you know, like Logan yeah. is singing from the drum kit, and like, <laughs> Noah's blowing into a trumpet, like, they're just, <laughs> while the guitarists and their bassists fucking shred, yeah, yeah they, they fucking, they're one of the best bands in the city, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know they are, yeah, so. Yeah, um, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity, and, um... I like I knew of you for quite some time, um, just because like you know yep. I you're just a guy in the scene mm -hmm. and we like had mutual friends on Facebook. Milwaukee small. Right. Yes, yeah. yes, Milwaukee. Yeah. But I definitely like noticed you particularly because of uh, your uh, beloved uh, Yang gang <laughs> enthusiasm, <laughs> the Yang me uh, Andrew Yang memes and everything. Yeah. Uh, that that yeah. definitely picked up the last uh, couple months. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, he did drop out of the race, so but it, I think he's got a lot of potential in the future. Well, yeah, I mean, and I mean, we can get into all of that, of course. But even with him out, he he planted this seed into um, the entire country's mind about UBI. Yeah, uh, no one talked about that prior uh, in national politics, mm -hmm. and now everyone's talking about it. Right, even the the people who are still running uh, in the. Yeah. Presidency was talking about UBI now or adopting the policies. So whether he was out or not, he really is going to be an important historical figure throughout the rest of our history for even making sure to bring that point to light. Absolutely, and I think we're going to start seeing candidates with ideas like akin to his, like mm -hmm. similar. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's definitely a forward-thinking, bringing politics in a very forward-thinking light. Talking about like, because he also had a very uncanny ability to unite the left and the right <laughs> yeah. in such a way I've never seen before. Like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that was one of the biggest things that um, kind of introduced me to Yang, or me, or caught my eye about Yang initially, or made me yeah. want to look into him because. 
I don't think I can recall in my adult life or even in my life in general a time where left and right were so divided but also so united under one candidate yeah. and Yang really could cross those platforms which I think in order to stop the hate that's kind of fueling in our country right now mm-hmm. um, I think that's something that our country needs right now yeah. to make sure that we can unite and stop the hate before it gets be too far where we can't make it back. Yeah. And I think we're down that path right now. And if we don't make something changes, it's never going to, so it's going to get worse. Let's put that way. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And like, while I have been like a Bernie supporter for quite some time, I still think that it'd be cool to see Yang and Bernie's cabinet slash administration. Yeah. Otherwise it'd be cool to just, you know, continue to see how Yang has, and his, his, uh, you know, the influence that he's brought on American politics and American culture in general. Yeah. Like, right. interested, I'm interested in seeing that prosper. I know it definitely will. I, I, I like you said, it, Yang started a, um, a trend or a, um, a goal, a direction. Um, and I think that we're going to see other politicians in the future follow those footsteps. And we're going to get kind of further away from the left and right, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna start seeing the dismantling of like the Republican and Dem- Democratic Party ideas, I yeah. guess. It's where we can almost become just a an election um, of different ideas, not different colors or political right. parties. I don't think yeah. that'll happen like this next election. I just say I think with Andrew Yang, that's gonna start the momentum of that direction. Yeah, yeah, like the bipartisan system yes. has long been like overdue, be, like, it's been overdue to have some kind of reform or some kind of like shift in the way that uh, you know platforms are being perceived by voters and whatnot because like a lot of people quite frankly are very disgruntled with the system you know like and and with good reason like right. it's just you know a lot of people aren't like voter turnout is it's it sucks you know like voter turnout has been very disappointing and it's because a lot of people are very just disillusioned with, you know, the corporatization of these candidates or how a lot of these candidates are, you know, buying elections, essentially. Uh, Yeah, well, that, and I also think um, it's hard to understand politics, man. And I think a lot of people want to vote and they're really interested, um, but they're disgruntled because they're looking for the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. kind of hard to get the truth, man. Because yeah. I mean, when you're trying to run for an election or win something, you're gonna say what you need to say to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I don't. Right now, in our political climate, it's just like we gotta be Trump. That's all it's about right now. Yeah. It's all about emotion, and I think that also disgruntles people because it takes away from the actual politics and issues that are going on. Um, yeah. I think, and I, I, we don't have to keep talking about Andrew Yang, but. Um, I, I kind of found out about uh, fanboy out about him because uh, one of his biggest statements was that Trump is not the issue; he is the results of the yeah. issue. You know what I mean? And I that's a good I, point. I, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about um, my opinions on our president on your show. Not, but all I can say is that um, I think that my distaste for um, our president is not necessarily his fault. It's the, how he got into office is where, what we need to fix. And I don't think um, wasting my time um, getting angry at our president is going to help anything. Right. 
And I think Andrew Yang's message about that was really important. Right. But unfortunately, half our country right now is voting with emotion rather than facts yeah. and transparency and math and all the about actual policies. We right. care about just getting Trump out of office. That's all we care about. And so that's why he didn't make it this year. But maybe not, maybe in 2024. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, and I definitely, like, agree that, like, yeah, it's like we get it, you know. Like, a mm -hmm. lot of us are very, very upset about the, the administration. Like, right. you know, we're... We're pissed and uh, you know like yes we've been happy but it's like the conversation like it just that hasn't changed you know <laughs> it's like, we like did, it's repetitive yeah we need to talk about like <laughs> what does progress look like what do, what do we need to change about the system right. what do we like exactly those are the conversations we need to be having because that's what's that's the only thing that's going to move us forward right, for so. sure yeah yeah, so. yeah man i agree yeah. um totally uh so Tell me a little bit about, like, your, I, I guess, like, getting a little bit into, like, you know, your your brand and your creativity and whatnot. I'd like to hear a little bit about <coughs> yourself and your background and, like, uh, like growing up. Like, when did you, where did you, like, start finding, like, your creative outlets as, you know, you moved through it and everything? Of course. Um, so, um, I guess Rhoda is my brand, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't like really try to call it a brand. I don't try to make it into something that it's not. Okay, uh, it's a play. I use Rota for everything that I do creative, creatively, um, because it's easier to keep all those things in one place and just be known as one thing rather than being known as seventeen different names and having seventeen different fan um, fan pages or whatever you want to yeah, call them. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> so I Rota is kind of all everything that. It's my music career, both with bands um, and as a DJ. Um, it's my freelance graphic design work. I don't really actively sell graphic design work, but I do a lot of graphic design, and if people want something, they can have something that I'm making. Um, it's my political endeavors, because um, I consider myself a newly political activist, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it's my promoting, because I promoted for 12 years of my life. Um, I don't necessarily say I do any modeling necessarily, but I take pictures. I write people. I get pictures taken of me, yeah. and so I post those on there. Um, so I, it's kind of like everything. Um, I started playing in bands when I was fourteen. Cool. Um, I played music since I was in elementary school. My grandfather uh, was a musician. Um, and he still is a musician today. He doesn't nice. play in any bands, but um, he played trumpet, guitar, a little bit of piano, and he sang. And so at an early age, my grandfather played music, played guitar, I should say, at his house, and I'd sit there in amazement. And he'd teach me, and like the first song I remember learning was, I was like seven years old, played like Taking Care of Business. So that was like my mm -hmm. first song I ever played. Um, but that eventually kind of grew up, and then when I became a teenager, uh, kind of got into the emo era. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to find who I was, you know, right. like when you're in high school, you're trying to figure out who you were, what you're doing, totally. what's your life, or what you mean, etc. And yeah. I kind of um, wasn't like, you know, the average kid or whatever. So I kind of was um, questioning everything from religion to relationships to my family to mm -hmm. how I was raised and my future, and that kind of brought me connected to the emo scene, uh, which helped me out through my life. And through that, I started playing in bands. Um, at 14 and then that kind of continued on um, I played with that same band for 12 years um, and we toured and then when I was 18 um, 
I we or no, I was I think it was like twenty or something like that. Um, we we I left that band and I started DJing. What was the band? So it was Bright Ashes, right. which turned into This Ship Will Sink, which turned into Encryptor. Okay. Encryptor is like a still a band that's around. They're like a three piece technical band. They don't have any vocals or anything like that. Oh, sure. and, um, so I did that for a long time, and then I picked up DJing, and cool. then I did that for ten years, and. Um, yeah. Here we are. Right. Yeah, right, right. Nice. <laughs> um, so how did you, like, uh, when you started DJing, like, yeah. I guess, like, uh, what did you get started with and stuff? So when I started DJing, um, I bought two CDJs and a mixer. They were new marks. Um, this was before they had, like, screens on them, really. Even. So you and they didn't have MP3s, so you put CDs in them or whatever, and be matched by ear and all that. And I remember... Um, the reason why I got into it is me and my buddy Corey Frank um, drove down to Chicago to see a Dead Mouse concert. I didn't know nice. who Dead Mouse was. I didn't know who he was. This was 2009. Mm -hmm. um, and when I got down there, it blew my fucking mind away, man. So I immediately came back up the next day, bought CDJ, started DJing the next day after seeing that concert. So <laughs> I drove awesome. I drove down there listening to metal. I think it was we were listening to the, the new Make Me Suffer album on the way down there. Drove up, back home, listened to EDM. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. So I did that for a long time, man, and I played CDJs. I started in basements, and um, you know, uh, it turned into big things. I remember um, like the, the guys in Antics here in Milwaukee. Oh yeah. Uh, shout out to Antics. Yeah, right. Shout out, um, Steve. Uh, I remember playing with him and James, who's in Best Friends now. Um, him and James in basement parties were like ten people, right. and like they were in a band called or a DJ group called Death Star. And uh, we were like brothers, brother band, or brother DJ duels because every party or show they played, we would play. And mm -hmm. you know, it's cool to see all those people kind of yeah. doing something with their careers. Oh and, yeah. yeah, I love best friends. Yeah. Those are my favorite guys. Dude. Yeah, best Corey, friends. Corey and James are the best. Yeah, sure. uh, they're definitely hilarious, uh, funny two guys. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just uh, did a. The live uh, podcast at the Hive and oh, yeah. where James works. Yeah, and I was go see him again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what were some of like your influences when you started DJing? Like, what were some, what was some of your favorite music that you were playing? Like, what was like really getting you like falling in love with it? So, like even today, so I'm not so much into EDM as much anymore. I'm getting old. I'm 30 years old, and um, I still love EDM, of course, but it's not like my biggest thing. Sure. But when I do listen to EDM, I still listen to the same things I listened back then. At least the same genres, and I really like um, like night bass sounds, deep house, minimal house, acid house, um, just those really groovy beats, man. I mean, those vibes, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I never really got into like the wonkiness of it, and that's fine, to your own. But um, that heaviness was never really my vibe, you know? If I wanted to listen to stuff heavy, I'd go back to listening to metal, which right. I do all the time. Yeah, totally, <laughs> yeah, I mean. But yeah, so totally. that, that, it was really uh, like Dead Mouse, um, Foster Domus even back then, you know? Foster Domus. Uh, back then though, that was, you know, when he was still, he wasn't the, uh, Millionaire that is there. You know, right so. when like the trap thing came it yeah. became such a big thing. Right, like, right. This is before all that when he's still playing like house music and stuff. Yeah, so, right. you know. Awesome. Well, yeah. Very cool, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I know you were like a touring DJ too for a while. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I started DJing and I was doing the scene with Steve and James and everything, and um, me and Corey were a uh, DJ duo called Nuzboys, um, and so. 
that kind of developed from house parties into actually playing shows just like any other artist would and um, we made connections you know we got a show in Chicago once those guys are really dope Freddie Fears out in California shout out to Freddie awesome. um, and Russ Mack out in California shout out to him um, they're both they were both I met them in Chicago great people um, we played co-headlined a show with a group called Adventure Club and then um, like a year later they, they moved out to California and then they started booking us for shows in San Francisco so um, we were playing like San Fran and Oakland a lot and we were playing a lot of underground raves still. These weren't like, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, big shows. I, I mean, they were big shows, but they weren't in massive venues. They were like three, 400 people packed into the basement of a Chinese tea shop in downtown Chinatown. And it was like full production and everything, but it was true underground raves back then still when we were playing these. Um, and that's what Freddie and Russ Mack were kind of really known for. Um, you know, you walk into this coffee shop and there be or tea shop and Chinatown is all these Chinese people around uh, drinking and then you and it's quiet and then you go downstairs and it's pounding music and it's like four hundred awesome. people sweaty as shit yeah. down there, you know. Um, and it's that's amazing. Kind of, it's amazing the layers of nightlife, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. So I mean, that's what me and Corey did, and then we played like the first Winter Warmers. We played the first Spring Fevers. Um, all those festivals that ended up you know, having like massive headliners, you know, um, and still being around 10 years later, Corey and I were playing the first ones of all those. So it was really cool. Wow. Um, really cool thing to have involved in my life. Um, but as I'm getting older and now that I have my son, shout out to Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Right. Shout out to my son. Oliver. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> congrats, you. dude. That's, that's Thank really you. beautiful, man. Yeah. It's, I, I'm 30. So I guess it's about time. Right. But, uh, <laughs> sure. you know, as I get older, I think that that scene is, um, I, I gotta put it to rest like I did other scenes and move on to, excuse me, um, new endeavors into my life. Mm -hmm. And that kind of comes back to that role of being my brand. Um, try something else, turn something else on now. Sure, when was your last uh, Nuz Boys uh, gig? Man, that was, me and Nuz Boys uh, split up like seven years ago. Oh wow. Yeah, so yeah, um, after that I was just Rhoda DJing mm -hmm. um, and I did play in parts of the country with Rota, like I played in Florida and stuff like that. Um, but it was kind of just more about me doing things after the Boys and Corey ended up having his own family. Mm. So he took the step back that I'm starting to take back now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what, is, what is the word Rota? Like what, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. So Rota, um, I'm Hispanic. My grandfather came here from Mexico mm. illegally um, in the 1950s, like, I want to say it was, 1950s. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so my last name is Rueda. What Rueda means is wheel in Spanish, okay? Mm. In, Met in, in, that, in Spanish. Now, my last name is not Mexican, even though my grandfather's come from Mexico. My ancestors come from Spain. Mm. So I'm actually Spanish. My last name is Spanish. There's a town in Spain called Rueda, okay? Now, Rueda in Latin is Rota. So, I kind of, Rota is just my last name oh, in Latin. Um, oh, just easy to me, easy, simple. It's me, it's who I am. Um, I was never, 
the kind of guy that wanted to name myself something um, obscure. Yeah. Because I might not like that in 10 years. Right. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. I remember my AOL Messenger uh, name, so yes. I wouldn't be using that today. Oh, the dreaded uh, <laughs> yeah, man. The first email address you ever made. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it stuck with Rhoda. It's my last name. I'll probably use it to the day I die. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, one day my son will become a creative of some kind. And hopefully he'll take on the name. Totally. There you <laughs> no? go. Rhoda Jr. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're still doing, um, you still like DJ from time to time and whatnot? Or? So I took a step back since my um, significant other was pregnant and, um, and since the baby was born. Mm -hmm. So we can get into the groove of things. Uh, I do plan on bringing Rhoda back to some extent. Um, but I really am trying to maybe follow other endeavors now. Nice. Um, and still using Rhoda as that name, um, I would consider maybe going back to playing for bands again. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up loving metal and hardcore music, and I still know a lot of people still play that kind of music. And I find myself listening to a lot of obscure, um, heavier bands now. And I think that as I get older and my son gets into his role and into our family and we become steady again. I might go back into playing bands. Otherwise, I have like a whole stand-up routine. So I really want to get into stand-up, yeah. man. That's like really my focus right now yeah. is I want to get back in. I want to get into stand-up. Dude, that's super cool that like, you're, <laughs> you, like you like are, like you have so many facets and that like you're like allocating passion to a lot of different like avenues of creativity. Like that's, dude, <laughs> like, that's living in your existence. I think that I say this to everyone, and um, it doesn't matter why or how I think of this, because that's a whole other story. But a few years ago, I started changing my mindset about life because I was getting older, and I'm getting really scared about being old, man. Yeah. Um, but I realized that my whole life, I kind of, like you said, I kind of just found these different things, and I do different things. I think it's really important in your life to do as many things as possible because mm -hmm. you literally only have one shot at being yeah. on planet Earth, man. So if you fail, it's going to be okay because your life's going to go on. I mean, your life isn't over. It's okay. People, I wish it was easier or people understood how to get over humiliation easier mm -hmm. because if humiliation holds a lot of us back. Um, you're scared to go on stage. You're scared to do this. You're scared to do that. And I think for me, not really scared of humiliation because I don't really, um, it, it, it's cheesy to say, but I don't take people's opinions of me into um, consideration. And that's okay. I, I know that's cheesy. A lot of people say that, but um, I, that's why I'm able to do so many different things or get on stage and yeah. try so many different things. Right. Because if I fail, I mean, then I'm just going to try harder next time or I just won't do it again. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But at least I tried it, man. And I want to really, I think it's one, and as a parent, okay, I think it's really easy to say one thing and tell your kid to do something and like live your life, man, travel and try things you never tried. It's really easy to say that, but it's another thing to actually um, set an example mm -hmm. for your child to actually see that and follow that role. Yeah. And I think for me, that's most important to me is that I have like seven drop boxes full of files and they're everything from my music, from my poetry, from my um, music videos I've done, my Cadillac being in um, videos. Uh, everything I've ever done creative in my life is in these drop boxes. And I want my son to see those one day 
to encourage him to do whatever he wants to do, man. Whatever it is, you should do it. Don't let you hold it back. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. Do it, man, mm -hmm. because you only have one shot. So, again, that's why it's the road of things like my one brand. So. You're absolutely right, man. I love all of that. You're you spot on, like totally. Like, I um, yeah. I think that like, yeah. People are definitely afraid of humiliation. They're afraid of failure. But honestly, like, failure should inspire you. Right. It should inspire you in like every in every in any any avenue of like trying something new. Like, because right. you're not gonna be amazing at something you're like being a natural at anything just it, it really just doesn't work like that because you're constantly learning even if you're good at something well, I, let me tell you i am a jack of a lot of trades but i'm a master of literally no trades right <laughs> you know yeah I mean? yeah that's why that's why that's even a phrase master of none, yeah you know? like i know a lot i know a lot of things but i'm not a master at literally any of them yeah. man you know what i mean like i fail at a lot of stuff that i do man yeah. but i just uh it's the point of living man you know yeah. Um, you gotta be happy. You gotta follow. It's follow your dreams. I'm not necessarily following my dreams. I'm just doing things that make me happy. Yeah. Um, and I say that to my significant other all the time. Do that. What makes you happy? Whatever that is. Whether you want to play violin or you want to go out with your friends or knit a quilt. Whatever it is in your life, you need to do whatever makes you happy. Um, yeah. Because what's the point of living here? If you're exactly. Not happy? Right. You know Dude, I mean? totally. I, and like, and I know that's harder to say for everybody. I know that's. I know. I'm not trying to like judge or anything. I know oh, right, a lot of people yeah. are not happy, and that's okay, man. I'm just saying for me, that's how I live my life. You know, yeah. happiness is the most important thing to me in my life because if I'm happy, then I can make other people happy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I totally. I I live my life by the same philosophy that, you know. Yeah. We have a finite amount of time on this planet. And uh, like I'm a big existentialist, so yeah. like I believe right. in like we have to we create our own meanings yeah. on in our time here. Like we we ha like our emotional experiences with people and places and things like are what shapes our conscious reality and what shape our whole perception of life and everything. And we have to have as many of those as possible. And that requires regularly going out of your comfort zone. That right, like that requires yeah. like, you know, being nervous or being unfamiliar, being uncomfortable at times. Mm -hmm. Like, but the more you like think you might want to do because it might be interesting, that's ex that's your cue to just to do it, to right. go after it, to right. try it. Because, right. Like, dude, like, eventually in my life, like, you know, I haven't really talked about this much with uh, many people at all, really, but, like, I want to make music at some point in my life. Yeah. And, and I, I know I will give it a try in some phase of my life for sure. Um, you know, I don't know when that will be, but it's a goal of mine. I also want to write a book. Yeah. I want to see the world. Well, what, how old are you in your 20s, 30s? Or I'm 24. Yeah, dude, you got like another 70 <laughs> years on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. all the things you've done in 20 years, you have triple more of those years to do the things you want to do. Yeah. So, like, you know, playing the music, man, you're going to do it. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I have you, to. Whether you're 50 or 32. Right, yeah. Maybe tomorrow if I decide to download some software, I'm you saying, know. Man. I'm saying, right? Yeah, I'm saying. So on that note, yeah, like going even further into stuff that you've done. Um, so I know that you're big into the graphic design stuff, <laughs> and you focus on, you emphasize minimalism. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, my graphic design, I do minimalist works. So it's like just like simple graphics on very colorful pop backgrounds, more or less. Uh, 
Trying, I more like logos or stuff like that, like yeah. designs for like merch apparel or something like that. Right. I, I'm not um, necessarily known for designing album covers or something, you know, or some yeah. masterpiece, you know. Uh, it's not where I put my interest, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. But when it comes to minimalist work, yeah, I, I do a lot of minimalist work for a lot of different artists. It's kind of uh, just freelance hobby, man, you know. I mean, if I, I'm not making it a career or anything, but I do get paid to do things, you know. And so okay. I, I'm doing um, graphics for hair, uh, what is it, Hair Solutions Salon and Spa in New Berlin. Cool. Shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, go there for their haircuts. Then their all Be your tagging needs. them in the video. I will, sure. all their beauty needs. Um, and I do stuff for artists all the time, you know, when they want like simple stuff like stickers, you know, yeah. or something like that, you know. Um, but the most recent thing that I'm actually really proud about is um, the Milwaukee Police Department has a uh, newer um, division of the police department called the Planning and Logistics Department, okay? They handle all, that's like all those motorcycle cops you see at Summerfest mm -hmm. and like at the Brewers Stadium sure. and at the Bucks and all the events in Milwaukee, you see motorcycle cops and like traffic cops, right? Um, those that's what the tactical uh, the planning and tactical team is okay mm -hmm. um i designed their logo and badge for oh, this wow. year so something that they're going to use for decades and decades to come for the Milwaukee police department um something i'm proud he did it yeah i did it he did it i did it <laughs> i did it that's all him that's <laughs> wait well I, I get my cousin david allen helped me out shout out to david uh my cousin but i uh, for the most part yeah me and dave uh, did this and um it's pretty cool. My dad's uh, a cop, so um, it's something that'll, it means a lot to me. Yeah, totally, man. I, like, I feel like you can say, uh, a lot of times it's kind of cliche to say, but like, you can say the most with little, with the most, like, with the least, right. you know? And that's why, like, minimal minimalism is, like, it's a lot of fun. It is. Because yeah, yeah. you don't have to overthink it. Well, then it's a lot about you. You're using more of the colors to make the image pop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, different color palettes and color techniques, gradients, etc. To make the image that you're making, since it's so minimal, um, become more than just a little logo. Totally cool. Yeah. So you said, uh, so I know that with the DNC coming up, yeah. Milwaukee is, I mean, mm -hmm. we're anticipating it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited for it. I think Absolutely. it'll be a great cultural opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, so you are working with the DNC, you're volunteering. I'm volunteering. Yeah. I'm not working with, I'm just doing what I'm told. But, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that everybody should be, if you're a Democrat or you're planning voting blue or whatever the case may be, and you're a leftist of some sort, I think it's really important and for everyone to volunteer. Um, the DNC has literally never been to Milwaukee in the entire history of America, okay? Um, the last time the DNC was even in the Midwest was 1916. Holy so, fuck. right. Holy shit. Right, so um, it's a, like a history in the making. Like, you know, our children will, may or may not ever see the DNC for themselves. And our entire city is gonna be shut down. Like Milwaukee's gonna be shut down. But we're gonna have some cool ass concerts, some cool ass uh, events going on. And I want to be part of that, man. You know, I want to meet people. I want to be a part of history. I want to be in those pictures. I want to drive these people around. I want to be a part of this, man. And I think that everybody should. It's important, um, especially right now in our current political climate. It's it's right now is the most important time to get involved. If you ever thought about getting involved, you're hesitant. We talk about humility or whatever. Right now is the time to get involved. Whether yeah. you vote for red, you vote for blue, whatever, get involved. This is the time. It, 
we're in one of the coolest political climates in um, American history probably in the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's so much going on. Because you, it's so, like, it's accessible to get involved because there's <laughs> so many revolutions going on right that, now. That's exactly right. And, like, yeah, whatever your cause is, there's a group for you, man. Yeah. And right, whatever yeah. group, and each of those groups are related to a political party. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, just do, I think it's important. And for me and my significant other, um, we want to be part of that history, man. That's beautiful. And, yeah, uh, and I think it's gonna be like a shitload of fun. There's supposed to be two thousand events going on in Milwaukee dude, that week. Two thousand. We gotta, dude. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta. And for, it's just like we gotta, like you know, take advantage of that. Like Milwaukee's, like we were saying before we started recording, like Milwaukee's, you know, music and film and poetry and. Photographers and so, food and businesses. So let me say, if you're out there and you own a business, okay, or you work for a business or you're a manager of a business, okay, the DNC is looking for venues that volunteer their venues for events right now. You can go and sign up your venue or your yeah. business or your restaurant or your... Breaking and Entering is looking to get involved. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And they will host their own event at your venue and you're going to make money from that because people are going to buy alcohol, people are going to party. So you guys, right now, like you just said, like, dude, it's so much opportunity. You guys should be taken up on it. Yeah. Like, every nightclub in Milwaukee should be up on right. it. You know, like, I even said, it's stupid, but Andrew Yang's uh, creative director is uh, Childish Gambino. Yes, Dude, he is. Why is like 720 not hitting up Childish Gambino or right. parents? Yeah. He's part of the, literally right. part of the DNC. Why are they not doing that? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. So. Let's do it. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Like, or Site 1A. Why are right, they not hitting yeah. up um, Childish Gambino? Any of them. All man. of them. Why are the clubs not getting involved? Yeah, know? man. They, uh, let's, yeah. let's do something about Well, that. we have to. And the thing is, it's like with all these folks from like outside going to be like flocking into our community into a city that they may not be familiar with um especially on such a like political scale like we want people to also just walk away from milwaukee being happy that they visited milwaukee and being happy about you know what they went out and explored and saw in our city you know walking away with a new favorite song from their from a milwaukee artist or right. their new their next vacation destination well that's me and you were just talking about this um milwaukee is such a secret yeah. and there is so much to offer in the city um from restaurants to music to art um, to architecture, yeah. to uh, just at business, beer, beer, we have uh, beer. yeah. yeah. I, Milwaukee's a hidden gem, man, and I think that this we're wait, we're waiting for the opportunity as a city. Everyone in this city, I look at it as one, okay, like as a community, and I think that we're waiting for that one opportunity that really is going to give us that launch pad into the main light, you know what I mean? I mean, dude, Milwaukee has like an amazing hip hop scene. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. And we have like an amazing oh, yeah. pop scene now. Mm -hmm. And it's like- what? We were talking about Clear Pioneer. I, yeah. Shout out to Clear Pioneer. Sure. Yeah. Shout absolutely. out to N43 Records. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we were just talking about that. There's so much opportunity and this is gonna be that opportunity, but it's up to creatives of all kinds to uh, indulge in that opportunity. If you let it pass up, that's your fault. Yep. You know, I mean, the DNC is literally looking for just anywhere, 2,000 places, give it to me. And you guys, are, and we're not doing anything about it right now. You know, those, those slots are still not filled up. And the DNC is in June. I mean, yeah. it's so much opportunity. And I think that Milwaukee, this, with the DNC coming to Milwaukee, it's going to put us on the map. Yeah, I think so too. And like, we journalists need to, we need to work really hard too. Like, you know, uh, us 
whether we're DIY or whether we're you know it's an LLC, it's like you mm-hmm. know whether it's Milwaukee Records, Shepherd Express, Break and Entering, yep. like eighty eight nine, like yep. everyone's got to be involved. In, like everyone has a stake to tell that story. I haven't heard any. I haven't really heard anything from Milwaukeeans about the DNC. I only hear it on a national scale. Right, and that's kind of like sad for me because I'm. So involved in this political yeah. climate. I'm glad you're here to talk about it because I didn't even realize, like, you know, how big of a deal. Like, I, I knew it was a big deal, but 1916, come on. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> over 100 years. Yeah, and not even just Milwaukee. <laughs> right. The, this, this region. Yeah. Right, man. That's what I'm saying. So, I don't know. I know it's not for everybody, but um, I, for me, I'm 30. I think about my future a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm scared about my future a lot. Yeah. I got a son now. Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah I got a son now. Um, and every step that I take in my life is about my future now. It's kind yep. of where it comes. You know? Right. So. And you think not only about that future, you think about your your significant other's future. You're thinking yeah. about your kid's so future. Being as I just um, had a kid, how has like having a newborn, like, just how are you, what are you perceiving so differently? Like, I, I know we were kind of talking about, like, uh, you know, like living life into your experience <clears throat> and trying all these new things and stuff, but in terms of, like, you know, what you're working for and being a provider. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I do have a career besides all the other things I do outside my day job. Um, I do, I'm a business insurance agent. So, I do um, insurance for strictly businesses in Milwaukee. Um, like this, the Miramar Theater, I'm the insurance agent for them. Shout out to Miramar. Shout out to the Miramar. Uh, so uh, that's what I do for a living, and obviously that's like my, like my money maker. And I like that job. I like that a lot. Um, but my goal and my as far as um, providing for people is uh, my next like five years. I want to buy land in Costa Rica, man. And I'd like to relocate eventually in my life to Costa Rica, but I want to own. Um, like a rental property in Costa Rica, and I think um, yeah. that's what I, what I really want to do. That's as far as my money maker goes. That's what I do. You know, um, I don't know. I think Costa Rica is a beautiful place. It's an eco-friendly place, and totally, yeah, that's beautiful. Like, yeah. So, like, um, how does your kid inspire you every day? So, um, this goes back to me living my life, you know, and setting that example for him. Um, I don't want him to think that. He has to do what I did, or what any other, whatever your average American is expected. Get a day job, work your whole life, and do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, as a human being, just want to show my son that there is more to life than drinking and partying and then going to a day job every day. Mm-hmm. Um, Snaps to that. Yeah. Um, we have a big part of my life or my family's life is our pit bulls. Um, mm-hmm. I am a pit bull advocate. So I only own pit bulls. I always own pit bulls. I only own pit bulls. I have three pit bulls right now. Um, and they're amazing with my son. And I think as I get older, um, I want my son to also be an advocate for things that he cares about. Now, I hope that he gets involved with like pit bull advocacy and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but what's important is being a part of what you believe in. And as far as what inspires my how my son inspires me every day, it's living my life and my family's life um, in a way that just makes us happy. You know, 
Um, and yeah, I guess just doing that, I guess that would be the easiest way to summarize it without going into 17 yeah. specifics. You know? Yeah. And whether I, I want him to understand that getting involved in um, social change is important as well. Um, yeah. We have to educate our children that, yeah. like, as it's, with everything else that they're brought up with, you know? And I think that also is part of what inspires me because I'm realizing more and more that I am standing up for social topics like acceptance uh, within the LGBTQ community, um, within bullying, within race topics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my skin's white, my son's skin's white, but my grandfather comes from Mexico. His great-grandfather comes mm -hmm. from Mexico. And um, everything that's going with immigration, um, love, hate, acceptance, uh, just everything in the social, outside of politics, I, I, he, my son, inspires me to stand up for what's right. Yeah. You know, cool. um, I think if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see that I'm constantly t standing up for different topics. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of bounce around, but it comes back to um, we all need to love each other, man. Um, the thing that, the tragedy that happened at Miller this week, you know, um, incredibly sad. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not justifying anything that ever happened to anyone, you know. Um, but it sounds like that man was bullied for like 20 years yeah. and he eventually cracked. And if we just didn't bully people, we accepted people, we just loved one another, maybe things could have been different. Yeah. They weren't and it was terrible and yeah. it's not right. You're absolutely right. It's not right. But we have seen time and time again that bullying, bullying to all groups and demographics of people always leads to a tragedy in some shape or form, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't want my son to ever feel like he's lost or that he's not loved or he's not supported. Um, and I want my son to know that his parents stood up for the right things. He never, he won't grow up and have to question that his parents, were they these people or not these people. He, my son will always know who his son, who his mother and who his father were, what they stood up for, what they believed in. And I think that inspires me every day to make sure my son knows that. That's, dude, yeah. That's, <laughs> no, like, that was, like, that's exactly how you, anyone should be raising their kid. You know? Like, to, to just, to act out of love. Right. Always. And to, you know, love themselves. And therefore, you said earlier that, you know, the more you can make yourself happy, the more you can make others happy. That's exactly, that's exactly it, you know? Like, that's this the... Well, and no one wants to feel sad, man. No. I don't want to make anyone feel sad. Right. <laughs> you know, even people that make me feel sad. I don't want to make them feel right. sad. You know, because that does nothing for me. I'm just still going to be sad. Yeah. And um, this goes back to, you know, my first topic at the beginning of the show that uh, you got to learn that you are most important and other people's opinions shouldn't affect how you live your life. And I know that's harder to say. Than yeah. Me. I know that it's not... Yeah gonna say hey why doesn't everyone do you know but, but that's how I live my life yeah I'll exactly you know and that is how it makes me live, be a good person or live the life I do so yeah so. I love that so much dude are you All right Nick Kloss got it right I did get it right <laughs> <laughs> dude um dude I I love talking to you man you have a lot of great things to say you do a lot of cool things and it's just been awesome to hear how you know, you want to be that positive change that people think about 
and you know are inspired by so yeah man uh we uh, we're signing up for the dnc okay yeah <laughs> gonna get a tune it see a nice guy at uh dnc for sure so as we close out uh what keeps you up at night um death death man that's scary right it, it sure is but it goes back to why we, you gotta <laughs> live every day into into yourself absolutely, right absolutely what puts you to sleep um my future future why we wake up every day yeah what what we can do to make that day um to make that day one that memorable yes that enriched your life every day has to be memorable man you only get a limited amount of them absolutely right thanks for being on the show thanks man this is great all right (laughs) rota yeah get in touch with them and sign up for the dnc (laughs) uh thanks for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time